Talk Sports Podcast. I am your host, Nathan Alford, coming to you today on a Friday in which we have a huge game. Mead comes to town and plays prep at prep tonight at 7 o'clock. Now, it is Prep Pride Night. Come for the early festivities, all right? 5 o'clock, it starts early. The Bouncy Castle, the hot dogs, and then also some pizza available if you wish it. Now, uh, the game. It's big for prep. They really need this win. They're undefeated right now in the GSL, and this will be really their first big test since St. Ignatius. So we had the opportunity to talk with Coach Dave McKenna. You know, he's battling a little bit of illness himself, but uh, he gave some good insights and what to expect with this me team. And then uh, we followed it up with a little bit of conversation between me and uh, Scott Alford, who joined us. Now, uh, this week we did not have player interviews. I apologize for that. It was a pretty busy week for myself, and the kids also had Friday off this week. So it kind of shifted the schedules around a lot for them. So stay tuned, though. We'll have the interviews, the player interviews, resurface next week. And so uh, stay tuned for that. But now uh, let me give you Dave McKenna and then Scott Alford. Enjoy the show. Coach McKenna joining us on the homecoming week for the Pups. Coach, does the homecoming week ever bring some off-the-field distractions for the players? No, not too much. The, the, the distraction this year will be uh, that we don't have school on Friday. So I'll be the distraction, try to keep them into a rhythm and you know, keep them going on a daily uh, <clears throat> schedule for game day. It'll be a little different, so that's, that, that in itself is a distraction. But, um Really doing something after the game. It's all high school stuff. Talking. So, what is the uh, schedule for the boys since there's no school on Friday? Uh, we'll bring them in at nine on a Friday morning, um, and uh, do some stretches, some yoga type stuff. We'll feed them breakfast, and then we'll send them home, and then we'll bring them back at two forty-five for mass, and then go pre-game schedule from there. All right, coach. You seem like you're battling a cold. How you doing? Oh, good, because, you know, the, the time of the year, getting a little run down. Weather changes on us quick. Top me off guard. <laughs> yeah. Now, uh, I have to say, your defense continues to get better with every game. Do you emphasize something special every week with those boys? Uh, Coach Higgins does a great job with them. You know, he, he, he gets them uh, ready to go in the game plan. And, and so they, they just, uh, they, they all... Uh, they understand how important each one of their individual roles is. And that's not just the starters, it's the non-starters. And, and uh, it's emphasized in those defensive meetings. And then uh, they take pride in that when they go out and play Friday night. And so there's, we've got some great leaders on defense too. So it's, it's a whole thing that starts from the top of the team and works its way down. Penalties seem to reflect a team's discipline usually. Were those penalties last week a true reflection of your team? Not at all. You know, there's, you know, I was watching the film, and, and again, there's, there's one that was called on, on one of our defense players for a late hit on a block. Fair enough, it was late. You know, I can't fault the kid for his effort. It wasn't dirty. It wasn't malicious. Um, it, it's one of those things that happens. And then when you get PI or you get holding calls, those are going to happen in football. It wasn't, you know, our kids were battling. They were trying hard, and it's just the way it goes. But it wasn't. It's not. They're, they're, they weren't. Uh, you know, malicious penalties leave that, I guess. Yeah, no, let's hope that uh, the crew is a little bit on your side, more on your side this week. <laughs> That's the way it goes. <laughs> Hopefully we just eliminate some penalties. Uh, you know, now the offensive line has been battling injuries, seems like, since the beginning of the season. Uh, are you able to update us out at all on that O-line? 
Uh, yeah, a couple guys. Hopefully, we'll be back this week. We'll see. You know, it, they're paying the game, and it's you know, from ankles to shoulders and everything in between. This is so hard to those guys up front are been battling it. You know, starting with the first day of thousand Trevor Reardon going down with a broken leg, ankle, right? You know, his broken fibula. Uh, so, I mean, it just it, it, they're 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 injuries that happen in football. It just happen to be one position. Um, and so, hopefully, we'll get a couple guys back. Not sure. So, you know, I don't want to. I, I, don't want to put pressure on those kids to play. So it's if they come back and go, we're going to go. But we got, you know, we'll get five guys out there that will give us our best battle, which we expect. Yeah, just as they've been the last couple of weeks. Now it seems like those injuries and you know the youth of your offensive line has kind of impacted the way you've started out games. The last past two games, you've started out kind of hot, fast, and then the second half. I think it's just a combined total of seven points you've scored in the second half. What what's been the reason for that? Uh, great question. We don't know. We've been talking about it. Um, partly just guys going down, right? Uh, some 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 guys going down, and then teams making adjustments, and and then uh, we're just not executing. For no no other reason. It's just we got beat. We got to execute better. Yeah. Um, in the second half of games. What uh? What are some of the advantages of playing at home against a big opponent like Meade this week? A routine. Um, you know, our kids know what to expect. It's routine. Um, you know, uh, the, our fans will be on our home side, and they're, they're great fans. They're loud, and it, it makes for a fun high school environment. Um, but just familiarity uh, of knowing uh, we're at home is always nice. It's a good, good feeling. Yeah, me likes to push the ball down the field. What have you and Coach Higgins been preaching to your defensive secondary this week? Uh, we just again just don't give a big play and, and tackle well. I mean, it's uh, Blair throws the ball really well. He's got some very good receivers. They're explosive, um, and they they can throw it down the field. And we just gotta we gotta eliminate those plays best we can, and and uh, hopefully our kids will do that. They'll respond, you know. I think our kids are uh, they're very coachable. They're fun to coach, and uh, they're gonna give it all they got. Yeah. One last thing about Meade. Historically, they've always got some big players. How do you get your players to look past that and not be intimidated by that size they're going up against? I, our, we, we preach it's about what we do. You know, it doesn't matter who we're playing. Uh, we've been in big games in the last few years. Um, on purpose, we put our kids in those situations. One, um, we don't want them to define other people, um, and we don't want them to be able to define us. We define who we are. Um, by the way we do things. And so it's about what Andre Ampert does, what our football players do. Um, it's not about the other guys in the other jerseys. Uh, it's about really what we do. And, and uh, we're trying to control what we can control. And that's, you know, cliche as we can. But that tells it up in a nutshell. It's probably not simple. Um, and so we can't control how big or fast or strong the other team is. But we can get to a big, fast, strong we are. And that's what we're going to worry about. Yeah, well, hey, I look forward to it this Friday night at 7 p.m., Coach. I'll be there, and uh, let's go get them this week. Yeah, we'll do our best. Thanks, buddy. Appreciate all your time. Yeah. Thanks so much for Dave McKenna joining us on the Pup Sports Podcast. Holy smokes, man. Yes, thank you. Now we're going to move into uh, <laughs> our reflection and thoughts on the Mead Mountable Can game of last week and what we see the out of this Mead. Mead Panthers. Thank you. The Mead football team this week. Not so, Dylan Panthers, the Mead Panthers. Okay. About two of the people listening to the show have seen Friday Night Lights before. <laughs> oh, come so on. keep making references, I guess. Um, now, Mead has some good players. Obviously, they typically always do. They usually have some good size. Uh, a couple key contributors this year, it looks like. 
Uh, ben Voigtlander, he plays outside linebacker and some D-end. Uh, Ryan Blair, their quarterback. And then you have uh, Evan Wiseman. Wiesman. I don't know how you pronounce it, but uh, he's a pretty good threat on the outside. As you get eight. closer to the holidays, it's Wiseman. Yes. And so they've got some key points at good skill positions. And then uh, they're, they're running back, number five, uh, Caleb Sean, another pretty good kid that uh, ran all over Mount Spokane. He's a guy. Yeah. Number five's a guy. He runs well, good balance, got good upside. He runs well. He's got good balance, good vision in the field. Uh, <laughs> he changes direction very well. Yeah. Uh, that's probably one of his, one of his uh, better talents, I think. Um, so, uh, you know, that'll be, that'll be a challenge for the Bullpups. Hey, you know what I was thinking? This week's game is cats versus dogs. Yeah. How about that? Well, Panthers so, versus dogs. <laughs> yeah. Panthers. Yeah. Anyway. Um, yeah. Number 11. He's good. Uh, and I know he's been looked at by some colleges. Uh, however, I think that prep can neutralize him by running at him and yeah. kind of taking away his skill set. Doesn't really look like he gets off blocks very well. He doesn't. Doesn't have good hand play, but he does have a good instinct for the ball. Uh, but if you can get a body on him, I think that that goes a long way. It'd be interesting to see if Prep tries to option him and Make neutralize him, him that decision. way, as opposed to just kind of running power at him and that kind of stuff. So it'll be good. Good matchup. Uh, number three, quarterback. He's good. Um, I Ryan Blair. Yeah, he's he's good. He throws a, He throws a nice touch pass. Yeah, well, it's very catchable, very catchable ball. And I, I don't think that the coaches ask him to do things that he can't do. I think they try to put him in situations where he can excel. He likes to throw the swing route. He likes to throw um, kind of a high jump ball down the field. So it'll be interesting to see um, that matchup. Again, Preps DBs are going to be challenged, I think, a little bit. They're secondary, it's like Shadel tried to do. Wasn't very successful, but, uh, you know, Meade is a different, pardon the pun, cat. <laughs> okay, they're the Panthers, so you keep going cats, and they're the Panthers. A Panther's a cat. Well, not really, because you have a team called the Wildcats. Yeah, which there is have... no such thing. Okay, but then you have a team <laughs> called the Panthers, and you keep referring to them as the cats. <laughs> okay, anyway, so but no, it should, I... should be a good, a good battle. And, of course, they're good. They're, this is a rivalry. People that in in people that go to Mead live in the Mead area. Um, I don't think it's overstating it to say they don't like Gonzaga prep. No, and it's coming off the heels though of a big game. I'd be curious to see how Mead responds after winning a close game like they did against Mount Spokane. Uh, yeah, last week. a game they should have lost. Yeah, because if Mount Spokane had two players that could uh, keep their feet straight. They likely would have won that game. Yeah, unfortunately, they just had one cannon catzer. So what? What a way to lose a ball game, man. That's that's a tough one to get over. I don't know who Mountsville Cam plays this week, but um, they're gonna crush them, whoever it is. Yeah, that they're gonna heal up on whoever they're playing. I'm quite sure. But anyway, um, and you know, and then prep coming off of their game with Shadel, that was kind of a again, that was kind of an ebb and flow game. Did well early and then got bit by the penalty bug. Um, well, the thing I've seen you know, out of both teams is they don't play well in the second half. Mount or Meade had seven points in the second half against Mount Spokane last week. Prep had 
no points. Yeah, and I definitely half. think with I definitely think with uh, with the bull pups, it's a focus issue. I think it's I think it's a mental thing, and I'm sure that the coaches are addressing that or trying to address it. That that can often be a difficult hurdle to get over. Um, but I think since they've played St. Ignatius down in California, this will be their best test. Yeah. yeah. So that should bring the focus. Plus, it's homecoming, I believe, right? So, yeah. Prep pride. Um, get so there for the get free the hot dogs. <laughs> yeah, that sounds good unless they're the cheap hot dogs. Um, but you're going to have an extra long halftime. Usually, I think. Don't they do the... I don't know if they the do because it's really that. unconventional at prep because they don't label it homecoming since they label it prep pride. So I don't really oh. know what goes on at halftimes. Okay, so maybe it won't be. But, but anyway. It could, it could be. I mean, I, I know that it's a definite possibility. I'm sure they've had, if it's prep, prep pride week, I'm sure they've had distractions all through the week with student events and that kind of thing. Well, here's the other big distraction. They didn't have school today. So on Friday, leading up to the game. Yeah, that is always a problem. Kind of a different routine a little bit. And I know as coaches, you like to really, as the week goes on, you kind of corral the kids in, the coaches that are on staff. And you kind of have a, you kind of develop a good monitoring of the kids, where they're at. Kind of, you can kind of steer them from making maybe some questionable decisions, those kinds of things. And then when Friday rolls around and it's game day, you really like being in contact with your team, team meal, um, you know, those kinds of things. So uh, I'm sure they'll have a, still have a team meal today, but the routine is different. You're not going to school and then, you know, I know I do this at this time, I do this at this time, that kind of thing. So as coaches, you don't like that. Yeah. But good side is prep is getting some O linemen back that didn't play last week. That's big. Very good. And uh, you know that should be something they need to build off of. I know that for one thing too, it seemed, you know, because of penalties that last week Rob Collier and Jaden Ortega had a tough time kind of getting going uh, because every big run that they had seemed to be called back. But those guys need to play perfect. Well, the other thing prep has to do offensively, they've got to get their passing game going. I mean, they don't throw the ball a lot. No, but so when you're one for eight and one for nine, that's just, when you do no throw. Good. If you're going to throw on an average eight to ten passes a game, they got to count. And their passing game has been horrific. Um, they're just not hitting it, um, and all all cylinders. So, uh, might see them throw the ball a little bit tonight against against Meade. Yeah, I think if uh, if Nate, Nate Graham has anything to say about that, he'll be uh, he'll be definitely in Bob's ear about throwing the ball a little bit more. <laughs> yeah, so I know it'll be it'll be, uh, it'll be a fun game for yeah. sure. And uh, you know, Meade does on the offense side of the ball run a lot of trips. You know, they like to spread the field, um, and so I think as we've talked about, their secondary will be tested. But I actually think that's one of the more the bigger strengths of their defense. So. I kind of look forward to that because of the fact that they should be able to excel. Tonight. And offensively, Meade has a tendency to be a very mixed bag. Yeah, they, it's like it's like they kind of reach into a bag of plays and just pull one out and go, sometimes, let's run this. Yeah, sometimes it's and, – and regardless of who the coach has been, they tend to run their game plans by dial-a-play. But 
I think their philosophy is um, we like to give you different looks, different formations, and make you think. And everyone knows when you play defense, the more you're thinking, the worse you are. You just want to react. So it'll be good. It'll be, it'll be good. And, you know, the rivalry, it's going to be intense. I'm sure there'll be a big crowd there tonight. Yeah, at home, ho- homecoming. Prep it feels ride, like definitely. football outside. Yeah, just just so you know, when we get there early, no shoes allowed, of course, on the bounce castle. But, I mean, you'll be able to get in there, jump around with the kids. <laughs> This, as long as it doesn't uh, take off and fly away like some of the other ones did in the summer that we saw. Yeah, and it usually has a hint of, of feet in there. It's, it's kind of nice. Uh, so should be fun. Good festivities there. Now, let's move into it. I've been waiting for it. The all-in segment. What do you got, Scott? You're going to give us the categories. We're going to be all-in if we like it, all-out if we don't. Give it to me. Okay, here we go. Nate, are you all-in... Or all out on Green Bluff? All in. Pretty easy on that one. Green Bluff has such unique things that they kind of spread out through the course of the year. Um, obviously, you got the Cherry Trot in the summers. That's really cool to kind of go there and, and get in, cash in on those cherries. Now, during the fall, I mean, no better place for a hayride, little maze, and uh, picking your pumpkins. And they also have pretty good uh, treats. There are usually apple-related treats, and a favorite of yours, I believe, is the lemon bars. Now, if uh, fresh, <laughs> yes, those uh, those are pretty good. But uh, yeah, all in on Green Bluff, like it. Yeah, I'm all in on Green Bluff. It's a local, it's a local thing that people in Spokane, uh, I think, the majority of people, I think, like to do. I know some people don't like going up there because it's crowded and. All of that, but I think it's neat. In the summertime, you can go up and you can pick fruit when it's the way you like it, as opposed to going to the store and getting something that's rock hard, you know. But uh, yeah, I, I think I think I'm all in on Green Bluff. I just I wanted to hit something that was local. Yeah, I like it. So okay, very good. All right, next question: All in or all out, Nate? Neon green. For a team uniform color. No, watching that Seahawks game this morning because of the fact of the record mishap that was last night. Really bummed that we didn't get to see that game last night. <laughs> so when I watched the condensed game this morning uh, via NFL Game Pass, uh, those neon uniforms are terrible. And it, I even saw uh, on social media from people out there that even Seahawks fans don't like those uniforms. So I don't know why they wear those uniforms. I get they're, they're the color rush, the alternative. Do away with those neon uniforms. I, I hate them all out. I I wasn't as uh, I wasn't as definite on my answer on this one as you are. I kind of like them, but I don't like them on a lot of players. I like the color. It very, doesn't bother me. Very revealing on a lot of players. Yeah. I think the linemen who wear neon green, no. That's that's a bad look. That's pretty bad. So I guess overall, as a team, I'm going to say I'm all out. You still haven't watched the game from last night. because I of... haven't. And I've been trying to shield myself from knowing who won. Mm-hmm. So anyway. Um, so I don't know. I guess I would say... All out. 
Okay. Overall. Well, DK Metcalf looks pretty good in his neon. I mean, he's very muscular. Kind of highlights those. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. All in or all out? Streaming programming over network programming. Okay, probably another obvious one, streaming for sure. I mean, I'd be all in on that. I don't know about that, but... Well, because of the fact that no one watches network TV live anymore, period, unless it's sports. So... Well, you say no one. You say no one because your generation... That's that's why I thought of that issue for All In or All Out is because with all the stuff that's going on with DirecTV and Dish and this or that... Um, cord cutters, if you will, getting rid of their cable. Your generation, I think it's really changing the industry. Your generation is all in on streaming. Well, look at the quality of programming, though. You have actually excellent, decent shows on Netflix, Amazon Prime. And then you even have major subscription services like HBO that has their streaming service available now. It's that type of stuff to where most good content is like that and you were just saying the other day that fox doesn't have one show where it's they pay an actor it's all reality (laughs) tv shows so it just to me the big the big caveat will always be sports and i know on some streaming services you can stream sports but it's the convenience factor of sitting down and just turning on your tv and there's espn or there's fox i think this is a generational thing because i'm all out I, I don't like streaming um, because you have connectivity problems. Watching something, all of a sudden, buffering, buffering, buffering. <laughs> That's because you Oh, we got to reset it. That's your internet, man. It's no, it's... Living out in Canada. I, I understand it's menu watching, you know? I, I, I watch what I want when I want. That part is... The, the concept of that is good. Just to me, it's a lot easier. Flip on your TV and scroll through the channels. You know, that's the other thing. You got to switch apps, what you're going to watch it through. You know, oh, yeah, I've, I'm, you know, I subscribe to 14 different apps. Look at everything I get. Yeah, you know? t- tough to fall asleep to a show when you're in mid transition from one app to the other. You like for the fact that just <laughs> on DirecTV, it just rolls onto the next show and the next show and the next no. show. No. Yeah, I do like that. I do like that. Instead of, oh, wait, I've got a switch now. All of a sudden you wake up yeah. and you're watching an infomercial for uh, Flex Tape with Phil Swift. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, okay, so the next one, and the context for this one came from what hap- something happened in Arizona this week. I don't know if you know about this, but there was a high school coach who resigned this week because... He was he was accused of running up the score. Okay, how bad was the defeat? I can't remember the exact score, but it was like it was like seventy to seven, seventy to fourteen, something like that. Um, and he was brought in by his AD and principal, and was kind of kind of had his hand slapped, and he resigned because, in his opinion, he played he didn't play his his first uh, group of guys played his second and third guys ran the ball, kind of did everything he could to keep the score down. The other team was just horrible. And so the score was very lopsided. And I know that 
this is less of an issue now, especially with college football and style points and all that. But just in general, are you all in on running up the score? Usually, yes, because the fact that in my experience, when you're in those situations where you make the bigger decision and you go, I won't run up the score, then you're to play against that team again or that coach again. And all of a sudden, it's not like that coach carries the same bout of sympathy, empathy, however you want to put it. That coach is going to try and put up as much points on you because of, you know, any what reason. doesn't really, you know, have to be the same thing each time. So I don't like the, oh, I won't run up the score because of the fact that it's, it's the good thing to do. It's, it's football or it's, it's competitive sports. If you can put up, a, you know, 75 points on a team, put up 75 points. If you can put up 100, put up 100. You know, I, I think it's a message you send to your kids of, we are going to play all four quarters the same. So whether it's the first or fourth quarter, we will play the same kind of football, basketball, you know, whatever it may be. So I like that. I mean, I, I think uh, the, the the brother, Granos, uh, put up 75 on the last team he played. <laughs> so, uh, you know, and sometimes you can't help it. I mean, sometimes the team is so bad. I mean, you guys go untouched for 80 yards. I mean, there's nothing you can do about that. What do you tell your kid after 20 yards, slide down to the ground or run out of bounds? Well, the thing, so so, so you're. I'm I'm all in on run up the score because especially when it gets competitive between coaches, I look at it as go for it because he's not going to hold back next time. Why should you? I would agree with you. I guess I, I would say I'm all. It sounds horrible to say I'm all in on running up the score, but <laughs> um, I guess I would I would have to lean on that side because I don't think. First of all, I think that. Football seems to be the only sport where that comes up. Basketball, what are you, you going to do? Go into a four corners drill? Mm-hmm. There's a shot clock. Yeah. So you have to shoot or just forfeit the ball. Nobody ever talks about it in basketball. Um, but in football, for some reason, people, people have a hard time with that. And I would say this to that. Yeah, I, I believe in most states, high, in high school football now, you, a coach has the option to go to a running clock uh, once there's a certain differential between the two teams in their point total. So if a coach chooses not to do that uh, for whatever reason, you know, look, we have mechanisms to try to hold the score down so it doesn't. it's not embarrassing to the kids. It's not a self-esteem-crushing boulder on them, you know. I said, so... I don't even think running up the score really even applies anymore. I mean, if you're that bad, you stink. Yeah, no, <laughs> you're that bad. Should look to uh, getting rid of a football program or a program in general if you're that bad. Yeah, if it's a regular thing, absolutely. So, um, okay, yeah, all in on running up the score. L- let's let it rip tonight against Meade. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and then the last all in is. I was trying to think of how to exactly frame this, but um, when you have, well, what's the best way to put this? I'm trying to, I'm trying to think of the concept to put it. Um, 
Well, I'll go with my other one. I'll save that one. I'll think of a better way to put that one. So I'll go with the other one. This is kind of a fun one. I was thinking about this actually this morning while I was running. Um, are you all in on hot chocolate at a football game? Okay. Uh, I know it's kind of random, but I'll tell you why I was thinking about that. All right. Are you going to make me wait for it and make me answer first? Yeah. <laughs> okay. I'm probably all out on a hot, cho- hot chocolate on a, at a football game. And here's usually why. One, I'm not a big hot cho- chocolate fan. Two, it's this. The journey from the snack shack back to the stadium, or the stands, it's spilled. It's all over your fingers. <laughs> it's sticky. It's like, it's just, it and it, it, it never lives up to the hype because then when you get around to also drinking it, it's cold. So I'm usually not a big fan of, of hot chocolate at a football game. I don't know if that would change if I were at home, but I just, I'm no, I'll pass on the hot chocolate all out. I was listening to a conversation on the radio and they were talking, some people were talking about how they love hot chocolate when it's cold outside. And I started thinking about, you know, it was getting kind of cool here in Spokane and at the, at the bullpup game, uh, I think they serve hot chocolate. And it's always, I, I agree with you. It's one of those, it's, it's one of those um, sucker punches. Because you go up to the snack bar, it's cold outside, you can see your breath, and you're, you've got your jacket on, you're kind of, you got your shoulders kind of hunched up because it's cold. And there is that sign that says, hot chocolate, hot cocoa. And you think, man, that, that sounds good. I mean, just holding it sounds good, you know. And you're exactly right. By the time you get, I don't think I've ever finished a cup of hot chocolate at a, at a football game, because by the time you get back to the stands, it's already cooled down, and you get halfway through it, and it's disgusting. Yeah, because it's the it's the packet stuff. It's hot water <laughs> with the I'm hot not even chocolate sure, packet. I'm not even sure that whether it was packet or not packet. It just it made me think this morning about. That's one of the biggest fool's gold in, at, a, at a stadium is the hot chocolate thing. Unless you're going to stand there right there next to the snack bar and drink it. Well, I think it's the same thing as like popcorn at a movie theater at times because of the fact that it always sounds really good because it smells really good and you have a couple handfuls and then you don't get through half the bag. I mean, I don't. I mean, there are probably people out there that are going, I get well, through all of it and I get the refill and take it home. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've seen some people do that. So, but the the hot chocolate though is just it's not something I think you're satisfied with. A little uh tip and note for you though. My brief stint at the uh establishment known as In-N-Out, which I worked there for 2 weeks. Uh did you know that In-N-Out gives free hot chocolate on rainy days? Uh yeah. I think the last time we were down there, it was kind of cool or something like that and i remember that yeah free hot chocolate it's for kids now um but uh yeah no so uh good fun good topics enjoyed them i think they were a lot they're always than, good topics no they were this was a lot better than last okay. week um even though i think we had solid guests last week like daniel mckernan and evan duchene i think that that helped uh but the all-in segments will continue them we know you like them uh, and uh, Scott, thanks for bringing the categories today. Feel free to play them at home with yeah. your family. Exactly. And right. uh, sorry for no play interviews this week. Uh, it was a little bit of a busy week at the same time. Uh, 
Thursday was pretty jam-filled for the kids with that being basically their Friday. And then obviously no school today, Friday. So we'll have player interviews for you next week. And uh, yeah, but get out there. Be there for Prep Pride. Enjoy the festivities. Enjoy the hot dogs. Go Pups! Go Pups!